Right on radio. Right on radio. Well, good morning to you. Welcome to Right on Radio. It's Revelation Sunday. Sunday, Sunday. And of course, I'm joined by the lovely and anointed Jesse Zaboder and Jody LaDolce. <laughs> Do I say that right? I keep... Yeah. Little yeah. Oh, I got, <laughs> Sunday. I got an echo. I shouldn't. Not anymore. <laughs> there we go. Hey, everybody, I'm just going to open us up in prayer and we're going to get right into Revelation 2 and possibly 3. We'll see how it goes, but we're going to be talking about the seven churches. So, Heavenly Father, we just give you praise this morning. We say you are worthy. You are the Lord of lords and the King of kings, and your word is whole, it's true, and it is complete. Thank you, Father, for giving us, leaving us this instruction manual. Thank you for removing the mysteries of these books and, and giving it to us in a way that we can understand these deep things in the spirit and your plans. So, Father God, I pray for everyone in the audience. I pray for each of us that you bless them. You, If there's any words that come off that are not from you, we pray that they fall away and fall off of ears. But yet, God, we do trust you to speak through us at this time. We thank you for the gift of having this broadcast and having this great audience and extended right on radio family. We thank you that we are your chosen people, Father God. And we give you all praise because you are the one who is worthy. In Jesus' name, I pray pray. Amen. 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 So just a couple things as we get going into Revelation 2, our format, and by the way, so this isn't a super deep dive. There's people way more qualified than me, um, you know, uh, to do this, but I have studied it extensively and I have a very good understanding of it, uh, and as do Jesse and Jody, but this is a, a Bible study kind of conversation is the way I would uh, present it to you. Uh, there are some key elements in the book of Revelation that we really want to bring out so that you are prepared, and I believe that God has given us those answers, and we're going to remove a lot of confusion from this. I do encourage each and every one of you to dig in to these books and every book of the Bible, for that means, you know, the Old Testament is just as relevant today as it was a couple thousand years ago, and I encourage you to study the entire book and do it on a regular basis. What say you, Jesse? Oh, Jesse says she's yeah. muted. Revelations is one of my favorites to study. So mm -hmm. I would encourage others to study it as well. Amen. You don't know Jesus Christ until you read the revelation of Jesus Christ, which is this book. You know, all the other books for C is his first coming, and, you know, in, even in the Old Testament, it, it talks about his second coming, which uh, is really going to be detailed here, and it's going to become quite evident, I believe, when that is. Not that we know the date, not that we know the hour, but we will certainly know the time, and that's going to become very clear to you. Um, just as we go into these seven churches, uh, there's a lot of people who think that the seven churches are seven church ages. 
And, you know, perhaps there is some validity to that. Uh, I haven't disproved it. However, I would say to you that I first accept the Bible in its literal fashion. And that means he's actually sending these letters out to seven churches. And these seven churches are representative of churches that are still today, because we still have all of these traits in our churches. So there's not one particular church that relates to you or I. Uh, I think there's elements in each one of them. Uh, but part of the reason that John sent these letters to the churches is so that the word would go out and there would be multiple copies of it as well. This is part of how whenever the Gospels were recorded, they were rewritten several times. They were given out to several places. That way, if one person uh, decided to make some alterations in it, uh, that person could be exposed and the truth could be preserved. So that that's one of the things to keep in mind with this. Um, so we are talking about physical churches in Asia Minor. Uh, the, the seven churches were essentially modern-day Turkey is where they would be uh, located. Now, these churches are long gone. They are long gone. The cities have been decimated. The churches are gone. However, God's people are still here, and we are still part of the church. Uh, I hope that is not confusing, but these letters are to us uh, although they were written at a specific time and a specific date uh, to specific churches. So having said that, before we get into the format, and the format is we're going to read each church individually, and then we're going to talk about the main points in that, and then we'll move on to the next one. Fair? Fair. Fair. All right. Yeah. Before we read the very first one, and uh, perhaps I'm going to get Jody to read the first one in the Church of Ephesus, but before we do... I want to pick up on one of the scriptures from the last chapter because I think it's going to become important and, I, and we really didn't stress it very much last time. So from the Revelation chapter 1, I want to read verse 19. And this is the Lord Jesus speaking to John. Therefore, write the things which you have seen and the things which are, and the things that will take place after these things. And what's important about that is, first of all, the way the book has been given to John. It's been given to him in vision. So it's the things he has seen, the things when he was brought up in the heavenlies, the things that he has seen. And then we have the things that are, and that is present tense. And to know what the things are to come, there's a very significant clue when we get into Revelation chapter four, and that says, and after these things. Mm -hmm. So what this book, these two chapters are talking about things that are. So although they were written for those churches in that current day, for us, they are things that are. Mm -hmm. All right. Jody, would you like to take us away and read the uh, letter, the message to Ephesus? Okay. Chapter 2, verse 1. Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works, and thy labor, and thy patience, 
and how that canst bear them that which are evil. <clears throat> and thou hast tried them, which say that they are apostles and they are not, and has found them liars, and has borne and has patience, and for my name's sake has labored and has not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto you quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of its place, except thou repent. But this thou hast, that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He that hath ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the, seven, uh, unto the churches. To him that overcome will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Now, Jody, the question always <laughs> comes up, which version are you reading from? I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I always read King James, but I tried to uh, take the these and thous out of it and put the use in. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so King James, yeah. I, I'm reading from the New American Standard. And okay. yourself, Jesse? New American Standard. Okay. <laughs> Again, I'm out in left field over here. That's okay. No, no, no. I, I love it. I love having, listen, I compare to the King James all the time. Yeah. yeah. So... To the angel of the church of Ephesus. Now, Ephesus comes up quite a bit in the New Testament. Uh, this was a big city and a big church. Right. So I want to establish that. And then it's still in the first line, it says, the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand, the one who walks among the seven golden lampstands says mm -hmm. this. So I just want to go back to Revelation chapter one once again. and read what is it verse 20 as for the mysteries of the seven stars which you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lampstands the seven stars are angels of the seven churches so there's name angels for each church and the seven lampstand lampstands are the seven churches mm -hmm. And I think this, um, one of the things I want to point out with this is positioning. Um, you know, one of the questions that always came to my mind was, why does it keep saying that he holds these things in his right hand? And it goes back to the authority structure in heaven, that you have the father, the son sits on the right hand of the father, and now he's giving the position of the, these angels in the churches that they are on the right hand of the son, that he holds them in his right hand. So um, I always found that very interesting. So that begs the question, who sits to the left? <laughs> well, the father sits to the left of the son. Right, but who sits to the left of the father? We'll have to figure that out. Does it say <laughs> in scripture? Yeah, I, I've never it seen does. it. Yeah. So this is very interesting, but I do agree. That is an authority structure. Yeah. You know what? Maybe, maybe it's maybe it's some some other angels. <laughs> <laughs> you know, those left-wing ones. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, one, of, one of the things that I wanted to mention is, like you said, Ephesus was a huge church. Paul taught there and Timothy taught there. Mm -hmm. So it was very popular. Um, 
And one of the things that happened there was there was a, I believe it was um, Diana, there was a temple built to her, huge temple. And because of that temple, there was a lot of immorality, a lot of uh, sexual, you know, immorality. And it started to affect the people of the church. So I can never say this name, Nicola, Nicolatanes. Nicolations. Thank you. <laughs> I can never say it because I want to say it in my brain. Um, they were a sect of early religion, but they were very liberal and they were almost her heretics. And so the Lord could not stand that. And I, we see that in our own, our own society. So we have people who are, you know, um, allowing in teachings from false religions or religions that are slightly off and they're tolerating things that God, that makes God sick. And then you have the world system becoming also part of the church, which also takes them down the, the road of sin. So I think one of the things that came to me as I was studying was people are afraid of the book of revelation. They see it as a judgment of God. We're going to, God's going to judge us and we're all going to die, you know, but it's actually not that as we're reading about these churches, we're seeing his mercy. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to remember that in the time we're in right now, the Lord is exposing a lot of stuff and showing us a lot of truth like he's doing here. And he said, you know, I've seen what you've done. I've seen your work of labor, your patience, that you haven't tolerated evil, you know, but I'm called and you've called out the liars and you've done certain things and you didn't faint. But, you know, you left your first love and you've done this and you've done that. So he's he's saying repent. He's giving us a chance. And then when you repent, you'll be able to eat of the tree of life, which puts us back because we've talked about it before. We are actually residents of Eden and we're living in a world system. Mm -hmm. And if we don't allow the world system to become part of our Eden, which the dust we've made from, we go back to that tree of life and it, we start that living one face to face with him and in, in, in his glory all over again. So mm -hmm. it's a book of mercy, warnings, but mercy, because if you heed the warning, you know, you'll be able to overcome. Yeah, that's good. It, it's also, I, you know, I would emphasize it as a book of relationship. Mm -hmm. um, you have a very strong format as, you know, the Lord is talking to the churches here. And it always starts with, you know, he reminds them of who he is to them. So even in this first verse, you know, he says, the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand the one who walks among the seven golden lampstands. And if you, you know, remember all throughout the Old Testament, you know, you have the temple of God, you have the tabernacle. And, you know, what he's describing is an inner sanctuary with God. Uh, the majority of the Jewish people in the synagogue, you know, there were middle kind of a courts that they were allowed into. But only the priests were the ones who ever got to enter into those inner areas, you know, the area where the, the lamp stands or, you know, the bread of hosts or the, you know, cleansing basin were. So, you know, he's describing to them that, you know, I'm he, I'm the one who walks among these golden lampstands in the inner sanctuaries, a priest to the Lord most high. And you know, then the second part, you know, after he talks about who he is in relation to things, um, 
he always addresses, you know, what is the Lord's, we could say, assessment of the church? You know, where are they at? And then at the end, he addresses what do they need to change? What do they need to do? What is he asking them to do? So there's almost that, you know, that commission, like this is who I am. This is what I see. This is what I desire of you. Amen. So let's look at those things in a little bit more detail now. Uh, so he says in verse two, I know your deeds and your labor. So their deeds are good and they're an active church. They, they have labor. They have perseverance, which means they, they go through some challenges and, they're, and yeah. they do not tolerate evil people. Uh, very, very significant. Now, that doesn't mean they hate them. It just means they will not tolerate them. If, if someone is preaching something false, they, this church would have stood up and said, no, 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 that is not right. Um, and they put apostles to the test. So before any leadership comes in over their body, they would really test that person and make sure that that person is legitimate. Uh, and they are not, and you find them to be false. And you have perseverance, have endured on account of my name. So in the name of Jesus, they have endured, which means there's persecution. Even today, look, you, you claim, you, you know, you go out in the corner and you preach Jesus, you're going to experience some persecution. I think that's <laughs> safe to say, um, you know, they're throwing them in jail in Canada for doing that. Wow. Um, so and, and you have not become weary. So that hasn't worn them down. It has not defeated them. But then he says, but I have this against you. You have left your first love. What is that first love? So I'll, I'll interject. Uh, what I believe the Lord is warning us up here is the actions of church, but no relationship. Like Jesse said, it's a book about relationship. So uh, we can get up and do all the right things, but if our relationship, our intimacy, our devotion to Christ is on the back burner, it's, it's all just dead works. There's, you know, everything is according to Colossians, do everything as unto the Lord. You know, I told him that once I said, I will do everything as unto you, including scrub toilets if in the house of God, if that's what it meant. And wouldn't, you know, as a children's ministry director, pastor, and some kids put fruit and body <laughs> stuff with disgusting body stuff within the toilet was clogged. And I laughed. I said, boy, you didn't waste any time holding me. To <laughs> so, you know, so our works, um, they have to be done in and the pure love of giving God glory and not just action. And recently the Lord spoke to me. I almost, I cried when he said it, I was in prayer and he said, the church has aborted the Holy spirit. Mm -hmm. And when he said that I began to weep because it's a, don't, don't let so-and-so sing. She goes off in the spirit and takes too long. You know, uh, don't pray in tongues if during the worship, because you might scare off somebody new visiting. I mean, there's so many don'ts now within the church that the Holy spirit has just been aborted out of it. And so it's all about what Jesse said. It's all about our relationship to the Lord, our works without him, without the intent of our heart being to bring him glory is, is just dead fruit. I think, I think that passage, you know, like as we start to think about that heavenly scene and, 
you know, the priestly duties, their job was to, you know, attend or minister to the Lord. And those lampstands, you know, I asked, why did he only mention the lampstands? You know, why not the other items that were in that inner sanctuary? And I think it's because, you know, one of the duties with that lampstand was that the light was to be um, for, you know, going nonstop. They had to make sure that it was constantly lit. And with that, you know, you had to check the oil levels. You had to make sure the wicks were not, you know, running out. And they had to keep that going and attending that light. And so, you know, with this, it, it's it's that, you know, what is your first love? It is your attention on the Lord, making sure that that light of God is always going within you, you know, that you're um, taking that time to be in his presence and in his glory. And it's not about what we do. It's not, you know, to get um, honor or, you know, to be recognized in the things that we do. Everything that we do comes out of that relationship that, like you said, you know, with the toilets, you know, <laughs> we're doing it to God's glory, you know, that he can have that honor. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's what he wants with that first, you know, with that first love, with that seeking, he wants to be our all in all. And, um, you, you know, it packs a punch when he says, remember where you have fallen. And when I hear that word, you know, it immediately takes me to, you know, that relationship between the Lord and Satan that literally he cast him from heaven, he fell from heaven, and it uses that word, you know, and that he was the fallen one. And I think about that, that, you know, Satan in his original relationship with the Lord was in that holy of holies. He was one of the seraphim that walked in the fire of God and was so intimate with him. And I think that, you know, you couldn't get a bigger warning than that, that, you know, what was behind that fall pride, you know, and are we going to allow our hearts to say, you know, I can do this. I'm my own God, I'm my own sovereignty you know, I don't need the Lord and setting him aside like Satan did. And we're going to see that demonstrated throughout these books. Um, now, you have to understand these books are written to us, the elect. They're not written to people who are not elect, who have not been saved. They're written to his servants, the ones right. he's saved. So uh, what I see in this, and I love the analogy that you just drew there, Jesse, um, about the actual physical lampstands and they represent the light. They, mm -hmm. And we are the light because we are kings and priests of Jesus. And I loved how you made the analogy. You have to make sure the oil is always there so the lamp doesn't go up. So what's the oil in our life? That's our daily walk with him. That mm -hmm. is our relationship with him. He needs to become our first love. Mm -hmm. And you know, it, it, it is about the relationship. And, and then it goes on to say, and the deeds you did at first. And so this is where it hits me personally. I might confess way too much during this study. <laughs> but you know, the first few years that I became saved, I was so on fire. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as a, as a little 
infant in God. God kind of does everything for for you. You know, he shows you miracles. You're praying and the bang, oh, this has happened. Oh, wow, wow, you know, celebrating. And then then you become a teenager. <laughs> I like to use that analogy. And, you know, you start to become a little bit more rebellious and, you know, and maybe even taking God for granted in some cases. And, you know, uh, we tend to go back to our old ways, or I did uh, to some extent. I've never lost salvation, never stopped believing. But listen, I, you know, backslid. Um, and so I had lost my first love. And you know that and he's writing he says you know he'll take he'll take the you know, lamp stand out right? right you know but so that that is something that does that mean you'll lose your salvation no there's a, there's a scripture that i uh let me see if i can find it because there is a scripture that where he talks about um those whose names uh, will be blotted out of the book of life. So I think there is some things that can be done when you turn from him completely and blaspheme him. And blaspheme see, the Holy one of the, Spirit. Yeah, one of the things that got Satan kicked out of heaven was he abode not in the truth anymore. It says in the, the chapter 12 of Revelation. So what was the truth? Christ. Christ is the truth. And that book talks about his coming, his, his birth and everything else. And we know it talked about him because it said she gave birth and travail. So it happened after the fall. So it's Revelation. Then Luke says Jesus saw him fall out of, you know, uh, like lightning from heaven. And then we go back to Genesis where he's tempting the woman. So it kind of goes that way. But um, so I think that there are behaviors that can remove our name from the Lamb's Book of Life, but not our own stupidity <laughs> of tripping uh, or making mistakes because in, in Micah 7 and 8, it says, rejoice not against me, O my enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. And when I sit in darkness, he will be a light unto me. God understands that we're going to be tried. There's even in one of the churches where he says, I won't you allow you to be tempted. I won't allow that temptation to come. So I think people need to realize the most important thing that we should get out of here is that Christ is telling us, okay, I just saw what you did, Jeff, you teenager, repent, right? Get it right this time. And yeah. then you say, okay, Lord, and you're walking and you trip again and you're like, doggone it. Okay, now I'm going to get up again. And the Lord's a light unto me and you just keep going. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm, I'm, people need not to fear that if they turn around and do something stupid, God is there with a hammer to crush them. You know, there is a season and time where you will be held accountable if you abide not in the truth, which is the knowledge and love of Jesus Christ, what you know of God. So cast down those imaginations and work hard toward keeping that first love and you'll be fine. <laughs> so. and, and listen, a father disciplines a child with whom he loves, right? Exactly. And I think that comes out. So I, I should have finished the actual uh, verse because it says, I will remove, remove your lampstand from its place mm -hmm. that sounds like a de a, de a demotion right yeah. you know yeah. okay you were in charge of 10 cities but now uh you got an apartment building yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> i like that yeah they were the example church i think Ephesus. they were the big guy the big wig you know and uh, all the other churches as they mentioned them go up so many miles from each other and kind of to the to the east but um yeah, so I think what God is saying is, you don't knock it off. I'm going to remove your example. <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah. I, I, well, I still like. I, I'm sorry. I just keep 
you know, envisioning that scene, you know, in the Holy of Holies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, if your lamp is not staying lit, like it's supposed to, you know, the fact that he says, I will remove you from your place. It's almost like the Lord himself comes out of that Holy of Holies, picks up the lamp stand and takes it out of the holies into the outer courts. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like, you're not going to, you know, even among his disciples, he had, you know, 12 that were intimate with him, but only three of those, you know, got to be in the most intimate events and situations with Jesus, you know, so it's like that where, you know, okay, you're not going to be in the inner circle. Now you're just going to be one of the disciples, you know, you'll have fellowship, but it's not, you know, it'll just be eating with me at my table. It's not going to be reclining on my chest you know, right. and that intimacy levels change. Right. So and that oil can represent the anointing as well. Like we've been anointing yeah. everywhere, you know? Right. So if you don't abide in that truth and keep that anointing fresh, you want your anointing to remain fresh. Your wick will dry up and your light won't shine. And he says, a city set on a hill cannot be hid. So we want to represent him so people can flock to who he is and, in us, you know, it's not our light. Our, our lights are yellow. With him, they're bright white. So we want those, you know, those lights to be shining in the darkness of the world system. So the people who finally wake up when all truth starts coming out know where to go. Mm-hmm. So when you repent, his love is new every morning. Every day. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so so you, you're going to notice a pattern. First, he says, here's the good things I see about you. Okay. Mm-hmm. But then he hits them with the, this is what I have against you. Right. And, and he says, unless you repent. But then he says, but you have this, that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> That's, and then, and then uh, so he, you, you hate the bad stuff, right? That's, it, it's in your heart. You will not accept it. And that goes along with uh, the very first uh, or verse two of mm-hmm. this. But then he says, the one who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. To the overcomers, I will grant to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. So when when he's saying to the one who has an ear, let him hear, Mm -hmm. who is he speaking to? speaking to the body of christ i think it's real important if i may interject he didn't say he hates um how do you say that word nicola nicolations yes he's saying he hates the deeds of the nicolations right there's no no hate in the lord so we have to understand that he hates their deeds and that's how we're to walk in this world when we see things they're bringing people to teach grant uh, children perversion and things within school we don't hate them we want to bring God's love because where we bring love, God is, but we want to hate their deeds. So that's really important there. Like and the 1619 project. Yeah, exactly. So, but it's really important to understand that he is talking to those of us who, who claim him as Lord, who, who claim to be part of his church. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he's letting us know. And what a great example for parenting or anything else. Look, you're a good boy. You know, I love you. But this one thing needs to change, you know, and uh, so what an example and you hate the things I hate and you love the things I love, but you're falling down here. You know, you're you're 
your, um, I call it Christianese, you're speaking Christianese, you're acting and behaving in ways a Christian looks, you know, and I hate that cookie cutter thing. It's one of the reasons, I mean, and I was served in churches and helped start churches and um, we have to get back to the love affair. Mm -hmm. And it's such a beautiful place to be. He's, and he's so present in that. And that's what, that's what he's looking for. Amen. Amen. So, so to the body, do you have an ear? Right. <laughs> if you have an ear, he wants you to hear this. Mm -hmm. And to the one who overcomes, I will grant to eat from the tree of life. I just love this here. Because mm -hmm. you think, where, where do we see the tree of life the first time? Mm -hmm. In the Garden of Eden. But after they ate from the other tree, they had to be kicked out of the garden so they could not have access to the tree of life. Right. Right, which is eternal life. Right. You eat from the tree, and where is it located? It's in the Eden. paradise of God. Are yeah. we going to see it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Mm. We're citizens of Eden. We were, and in Eden, you could walk, you were, you were created in God's image and likeness to the point where you <laughs> were like him. So you could, Adam and him walked in the garden together. Now, could we yeah. see the face of God and live? The Bible says no, you know? So um, I, I'm sure that he represents himself in certain ways to certain people to give them a, you know, an understanding, but the, to actually stand with God, look what happened to Moses. <laughs> he whited out, <laughs> you know, so, and that was to cover Moses' glory. face. Yeah. Yeah. Because that glory. So um, we will get back into that first place of, of creation where we were just like him. And, uh, and, oh my gosh, I, I, I know, right? I want to hug him so bad. <laughs> I'm like a little kid. Daddy, daddy. <laughs> no, it's going to be beautiful. Yes. Amen. Do you want to read the uh, message to Smyrna, Jesse? Yes. And to the angel of the church of Smyrna, write, the first and the last who was dead and has come to life says this, I know your tribulation and your poverty but you are rich and the blasphemy by those who say that they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to cast some of you into prison so that you will be tested and you will have tribulation for 10 days. Be faithful until death and I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes will not be hurt by the second death. Amen. So again, he starts off saying who he is. The first okay. and the last who was dead and has come to life says this. And you got to remember uh, when we, we started at the very beginning of this, uh, this episode, there's the things that you have seen. That's what John's seen. And the things that are. Remember, we are in the time of the things that are when we're reading this. Mm -hmm. So, and, and I really think it's pertinent to today. Mm -hmm. I know your tribulation and your poverty, but you are rich. And the slander by those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. We could spend an hour on this one verse. Mm -hmm. Yep. So when we talk about tribulation, 
tribulation is basically it's a terrible time, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and and by the way, each one of us experiences tribulation. That's right. Now I think when we when we get into the things that are to come, we're going to see a different type of tribulation, and then we're going to see a great tribulation. Mm-hmm. But the Lord is saying, I know your tribulation and your poverty, but you are rich. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean to you? Either one. Of them. Yeah, I think he's talking about, um, you know, what they have that, you know, in this world, they're seeing the tribulation, they're, they're seeing the poverty whether it's in a financial way, whether it's with food, whether it's with not being able to find work, um, you know, however that's looking, yet the Lord is reminding them that, you know, in his spirit and because of that relationship with God, they have access to all things that, you know, everything that they need, that they could want, um, is all there and available to them in the spiritual realm. And, um, you know, I think that there was a lot of, you know, there's a lot of persecution going on. You kind of have the church and what's happening to it. And then they start talking about the synagogue of Satan. Um, So it almost puts up this dynamic of, you know, now you've got two characters on the scene and both are presenting themselves and the one may feel like they have nothing in light of the other, but they're really the ones, you know, who are rich, those who have the Lord um, versus, you know, those who look like they're rich and have everything, which is the synagogue of Satan. Right. Uh, it's, uh, it's important to know the, uh, the word here for the city means myrrh, which you use usually at a death or birth, but um, the it was a Roman worship town, so they worshipped the Roman emperors there. So there was a lot of um, uh, you know false religion going on. So now Jesus knows where the where this false worship is, and this tribulation means a, first of all tribulation isn't something we should fear we're living through it we all from the time i was born it's what i've known from you know from severe uh rapes and molestations to beatings and you know um almost stabbed almost i can tell you billions of things and within the testimony jesse's life your life all of us have been through some type of pressing or hard trouble or suffering and we are still standing here today, all of us, and we still love the Lord. So are we poor? Are we sorry? Are we, you know, we are rich because the very things that this, this synagogue of Satan tries to use against us, when we learn that we are rich in Christ and we turn it around and use what Satan meant for evil or to, to do good for the kingdom of God, we win. So we want to, we want to develop a strategy here. So rather than feeling sorry for ourselves, okay, you know, we see here that you, you're going through a lot, you know, this is your, your plight here, church, you know, there's a, there's, you know, a false God worship here. And there's, you know, all kinds of blasphemy and tribulation. 
But don't let that be what bothers you. Focus on what's the most important thing, which is where you're rich, which is the things of the spirit. And then we learn how to turn that around and use it now in this day. See, God's calling the, uh, I saw the thing that said, it's not time to wake the sheep anymore. It's time to wake the lions. You know, now Amen. we are, yeah. Yeah, now we are to what the Lord's been telling me to do is rise the warriors, not raise them. They should be raised already. <laughs> They're raised as in children. They we need to rise them up, lift up warriors. It's time to take what the synagogue of Satan meant for harm and turn it for the glory of God. And we have to get an attitude of though you slay me, I will serve you. But the warrior mindset is. Yes, I'm willing to lay down my life, but Christ already did it. So I'm here to win this. I'm victory. here to win. Amen. And it's not, and it's an it's a can-do attitude. So Jesus is saying the tribute, the great tribulation where you're going to be arrested and things are going to happen is short. It's a short time, 10 days. You know, he's he's we're not to fear this. This is not something that, you know, we have to remember where we're rich and we're rich in the spirit. And last night I began to weep as I was talking to the Lord. I was just imagining hugging Jesus, you know, in, in the flesh and just loving on him. And I said, you promised that we would do greater works than you. Teach us. Teach us now, because now is the time to empty the hospitals, like Smith Wigglesworth said. Now is the time to go and, and see the dead raised. Now, I've seen that miracle twice within my own family, you know, my own daughter they told me would not live and she lived and they didn't know how and my relative that just recently on easter was resurrected from the dead so you know um it's available to us so i just want to encourage everyone because it looks like you know it looks like such a scary thing the word tribulation and 10 days of being locked up and you know and it's you're in the middle of doing what you're doing but you're persecuted because the synagogue of satan's here we are in a season right now to start persecuting the synagogue of Satan. And it doesn't mean the people. We're to love them, just like he said. I, I don't like the deeds. It's not the people. The people deserve the love of God, just like we do. They're humans. They've been deceived. So, sorry, I didn't mean to get on a No, so. no, this is great. Listen, <laughs> there's so much in this one verse. There really is. And so, again, remember, it's the, so this one, was written as things that are, are, and it was written, you know, this is 2000 years ago to the church of Smyrna, right. but it's things that are to us today. And I think this one verse is talking about things yet to come as well. So right. When, whenever I read this stuff, well, first of all, I always read with a stewarding mindset because I've been trained that way. Um, but it says, I know your tribulation. So we're going to go through hard times. And what's interesting is he puts it in the same verse as the synagogue of Satan. I'm going to get to that in a second. Mm -hmm. And I know your poverty, but you are rich. And that's because in here, it's like, okay, I have my first fruits. If you have your first fruits, if you have your first love, then you are rich. It doesn't matter where you are. But I don't think it's really talking about so much... Um, being poor here uh, when he says poverty if you think about where we are today look who's controlling the world these elite families who have all the money in the world who print all the money in the world and stuff like that next to them we're pretty poor we we can't afford to uh to fund an army to go take these guys out you know what i mean like 
but we are rich because we have the Lord. And then the slander by those that say they are Jews and are not, but are in the synagogue of Satan. Where is the Antichrist going to come out of? Yeah. The synagogue of Satan. So we did a whole episode on it. I'm not going to do a huge diatribe on it, but it tells you exactly who the synagogue of Satan is here. And by the way, go back and listen to the episode. I think you'll understand it very clearly, but slander by those who say they are Jews. So they say they are Jews. That's an outward circumcision. That's an outward uh, they're outwardly, just like Paul says, you know, it's it's all outward. It has to be the circumcision of the heart, which is what we have. We are Israel. We are the Jews now, um, but are of a synagogue of Satan. Now, what religions out there have synagogues? There's only one. There's only one. Right? And now to be a synagogue of Satan you have to deny the Christ. It means you believe in Christ, but you don't believe in Christ who came and died and rose again. Right. So if the Bible clearly puts out, there's multiple passages. If you deny Christ, you're antichrist. Mm -hmm. So here they're talking specifically about the Jews who are of the synagogue of Satan. It's perfectly clear who it is. Now, there's a lot of Jewish people who are saved. Mm -hmm. They are not the synagogue of Satan. So let's move on. Can I, can I interject really quickly? Satan sure. knows who Jesus is. People who serve Satan know who Jesus is. So, you know, knowing who Jesus is and being in, like Jess was saying before, the relationship with him is, mm -hmm. is a totally different thing. So they may know, they may say they know who he is. I mean, how many of these politicians are sitting up there and they're claiming to be either Muslim, Catholic, Christian, and, and they're all Satanists. They, they know who Christ is. They tremble at when he walked on the scene and they were like, what have we to do with you? You know, so, you know, we, we need to remember who we are in Christ and ask God to give us discernment so that we can see those who claim to be of but actually aren't because the devil knows the Bible. He quoted it to Jesus. He knows, he knows what God said, you know? So it, it's not about that. We need the Holy spirit to be filled with that oil and, and ask God to give us discernment for this, this day that we're in, because there, there are going to be many that are going to come and say, Oh, I'm of you. I'm of you. And meanwhile, what they're doing in the back room to little ones or others is a horrifying thing so we need to wake up so you're right the, the the devil and certainly the the people in the upper echelons of the synagogue of satan are going to be ushering in they know who the real one is but they also think right. that they're going to win uh right. according to jesse so you know right. that's a and i don't have that firsthand knowledge but i trust the words that have come from her but mm -hmm. you got to remember um, you know, a lot of people say, no, 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 well, the, the Jews who go to the synagogues and stuff like that, they, you know, they worship the same God as us. No, they don't. No, they don't. They don't. They, they might read the first few books, share that. They don't worship the same God as us. We have to be abundantly clear. Now, we're not called to hate them. We're not called to say, you're the Antichrist and, you know, but we should love them and, you know let our light shine and have the truth shine through us and minister 
to these people because God wants them saved too. Amen. All right. So do not fear what you are about to suffer. So this church was about to go through something. And behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison so that you will be tested and you will have tribulation for 10 days. Hmm. All right. Well, so the big thing is there and, and the, the 10 days I haven't totally figured out yet. I'll be honest with you. Uh, I've heard some different commentary. I haven't landed on it um what i think to be true but here's the thing do not fear what you are about to suffer and i think that is really huge because you know there's most likely in in our time uh, at least in my estimation we're gonna go through a period of suffering now i actually think we go through the great tribulation for probably probably about 75 days that's my opinion now and it's just an opinion uh but you know that's comparing to daniel and things like that right um but the 10 days uh, you know maybe that's more specifically for this church at smyrna i'm not 100 sure on that but be faithful unto death and i will give you the crown of life the one who has an ear that's that's you if you have ears let him hear what the spirit says to the churches the one who overcomes will not be hurt by the second death. So when is the second death? Well, that's after the final judgment, when the Lord, you know, makes that judgment for you give an account for all that you've done, said, and the Lord puts some on the left and some on the right. <laughs> so there's who sits on the left jesse yeah. <laughs> well no because there it says the goats sit on the left so that's interesting <laughs> so we can't make that conclusion good thing i didn't name this uh left on radio <laughs> uh, all right let's let's move on to a message to pergamum and to the angel of the church of Pergamum write, the one who has the sharp two-edged sword says this, I know where you dwell, where Satan's throne is, and you hold firmly to my name and do not deny my faith even in the days of Antipas. My witness, my faithful one, who was kill killed among you where Satan dwells, but I have a few things against you because you have some that are who hold the teaching of Balaam and who keep teaching Balak to put a stumbling block before the sons of Israel to eat things sacrificed to idols and to commit sexual immortality. So you too have some who in the same way hold to the teaching of the Nicolaitans therefore repent or else i am coming to you quickly and i will wage war against them with the sword of my mouth the one who has an ear let him hear what the spirit says to the churches to the one who overcomes i will give some of the hidden manna and i will give him a white stone and a new name written on the stone which no one 
except the one who receives it. Hmm. Okay, Jesse, go. So here, uh, you know, I mean, I love quite frankly, just, you know, all that Jesus is bringing out about himself. It's clear that he's the one speaking. Um, you know, when he talks about the sharp two-edged sword that proceeds from his mouth, you know, what is that? That's the word of God. And it, it is so fine. Um, you know, in Timothy, it says it, it can distinguish between bone and marrow. Mm -hmm. And, and here, you know, it goes even deeper. You've got this, you know, when you're thinking of the eternal aspects in the relationship with God, it's that quantum level that it literally goes between the breath, the breaths of God. Um, so just very powerful imagery. And he says, I know, you know, you dwell where, or I know where you dwell, where Satan's throne is and you hold fast to my name and did not deny my faith, even in the days of Antipas. So, you know, we've got Antipas who was one of the witnesses. He was faithful. You know, he was out there doing the Lord's work and, you know, was killed because of that. And yet, you know, they're still, they're not turning away. You know, they're not allowing that persecution, that death to turn them away from preaching the name of God. Um, and you do have these dichotomies going on. You know, we, we've talked about the Nicolaitans. And if we look at it at a deeper level, besides having, you know, this temple to Diana, which, you know, was their goddess that it also is another name for um, Asherah. And, you know, we know that all the way back in the Old Testament, who were the main principalities that, that those who were serving the Lord had to go against, you know, it was Baal, Moloch, and Asherah. And that was, you know, because of the sacrifices, the things that the nations were doing with these principalities, the Lord called Abraham out of the Canaanite land. So this goes all the way back to that Canaanite worship of Baal and Asherah. And, you know, we're talking horrific, wicked things, not just that they would go in this temple and worship a goddess. You know, it's what are they doing in that temple? you know, we have clues. It talks about that they're committing acts of sexual immorality. And you know, Ashtaroth was known. Yeah. Ashtaroth was known as the goddess of fertility. So you would have these people who would come into this temple. They would engage in sexual immorality. The women would conceive, then they would go and you know, do horrific things that the majority of them did not keep those children, those whatever was conceived was, you know, given back to Ashroth or, or Baal or Moloch in the flames of fire. They were, you know, aborting these infants that were conceived. They were ripping them from their own wombs um, and giving them back to these, you know, these entities. And, you know, so it wasn't just you know, that they were like, oh, I worship a goddess. And they went in there, sat and, you know, just quietly meditated for hours and hours. 
you know, this was not a passive thing at all. Um, there was depth of wickedness involved. And, um, you know, and then we get to the part where, you know, why is Balaam and Balak even brought into this? Um, you know, th those men were specifically brought in in the Old Testament when Israel was at a time of war and they were hired, you know, to go and to curse Israel in that war. Why? Because Israel was fighting with the spirit of the living God. And, um, you know, they would, they would send the priests with the ark of God, you know, that represented his glory into the battle first. And those priests would be praising and worshiping. Well, the Philistines and the other armies did not, you know, they didn't want that. They couldn't stand against the living God in battle. Mm -hmm. So they would hire these prophets who they would send up on the mountaintops. And as those, those men were standing on the mountaintops over the armies of God, they would curse the armies of God. And they would hope that that would win them the battle. And Balaam was one of those, you know, he, he was hired at a great price to go up and curse, you know, and first he has an issue, you know, as he's on his journey, he's got this donkey he's riding and the donkey stops in the middle of the road and he can't get that thing to go anywhere, you know, and instead of realizing, huh, there's a reason the donkey <laughs> is refusing to go anywhere. You know, he starts beating and cursing and kicking and beating the donkey. And uh, it gets so bad that finally the Lord opens the donkey of the mouth and, or the mouth of the donkey and the donkey actually talks to him and says, you know, yo, uh, this is my paraphrase. <laughs> the donkey is like, yo, stupid head, don't you see there's an angel with a flaming sword standing in front of us that is intent on taking you out, you know? And um, so, you know, these prophets that were sent to curse, the Lord literally was directly sending his angelic hosts and his armies and his spirit to come against this cursing that was going on. And, you know, so why is that put in conjunction with, you know, those who, or in conjunction with Satan's throne, you know, um, I think it's because, you know, as the scene is unfolding, you've got, you know, Satan sitting on his throne and he's making direct assaults on the army of God, which is the church. Mm -hmm. And he's sending out his false prophets. He's sending out those that he's going to send to curse those churches and, you know, to draw them into acts of sexual immorality, to bring them back into that temple of Diana and into, you know, becoming part of that culture that, um, you know, commits acts of sexual immorality and engages in pleasure of self. And, you know, he's trying to get them back to that. Um, but the spirit of God is saying, you know, to those who overcome, you know, to those who flee from those things. And it actually says, you know, I am coming to you quickly and I will make war against you with the sword of my mouth. 
you know, so the Lord's given us a weapon, which is his word. And he himself is going to stand against, you know, anybody Satan sends from his throne to curse his armies. And he will make war with them with the sword of his mouth. And, you know, I believe literally that, you know, as his word says, he lives through us, that we are that mouthpiece that he plans to make war against the enemy with. Excellent. Amen. And can I interject uh, something here? I also see this as a projection of where the church is today. Um, like Jesse said, King uh, uh, Balak was a um, king of Moab, and he told Balaam, who was known for getting whatever he wanted done in the spirit, you know, go do this. So we are today knuckle to knuckle. And the vision that the Lord gave me of the angels in the in the heavenlies warring, it was it was knuckle to knuckle combat. And then I saw the army of men marching. We have a responsibility in that war. We we just are doing it here. They're doing it here. But um, one of the things that I keep seeing in the spirit realm is a mixing of new age stuff by really great people. You you you. I can mention a few, but I don't want to do that to them. Um, but you have to have ears to hear what they're saying. When they're talking about your light, they're donging a bell and telling you to listen in center, um, you know, all this kind of stuff. That is not who we should have at our center. You know, all things come from the Lord. So in um, Pergamos, as it says in the King James Version, <laughs> um, the doctrine of uh, Balaam was compromised Christianity. They were mixing in paganism, they were eating uh, food that was sacrificed to idols. They were committing tons of fornication, immorality. Remember that part of um, Satanism is tantric magic, which is sexual magic. You know, he doesn't care if he if he gets you to buy into whatever he's doing. He doesn't care if you understand what you're doing. He just wants you to do it, and he'll take it as a yes. Okay, that's why they put things on television shows. You know, oh, uh, Walking Dead. Yeah, there's a virus that kills everybody, turns them into zombies. Yay! I'm getting a T-shirt and I'm gonna have a balloon. You know, and we buy in, and Satan's going, got him. Let's get the virus out. You know, so you know, it's just we've got to wise up as a people and not mix the uh the doctrines of balaam or satan or the church of satan or any of it with christ there's purity in him it's it's pure light it says god is light and in him there's no darkness we can't have it both ways mm -hmm. so again what comes brings us back to um you know understanding through discernment and and uh, caesar augustus was worshipped here this this idol worship and that's why when people say, oh, you're just for Trump just because of it. No, I'm for Trump because the spirit of the Lord has told me that he is chosen for such a time as this. If I begin to see a man, you know, go off, I'm not worshiping an emperor. I'm not worshiping a king. I'm not. I am worshiping the Lord God. And I will back in prayer those who God has shown me. Was David perfect? Was Abraham perfect? Was anybody besides Jesus Christ perfect? Not at all. So, but getting to this, this is an example to us to wake up and not mix what God has for us with a false light, because there's alongside of the rise of Christianity in its pure form, which is not the church, you know, Christianese language, 
this is purity that God is raising right now. And he's raising up the lions. I'm seeing at the same time, this rise of this kind of like new age, you know, we are the light, we have the power, just send your power and it'll all go away. And when you're facing Satan, Jesse will tell you, you know, he's not, he's not interested in your light. That's easy for him. You know, if you come in the name of the Lord and you're going to take that giant down. So, um, so I think it's a warning to us. He's coming quickly. His sword chops both ways. It cuts to the bone and marrow. It's, it's that clean cut. There's no mixing. And we need to get it right because we want to be those who get the hidden manna. There's so much hidden in the book of Revelation. Everybody thinks they know everything. They think they know when Christ is coming. They think they know who the Antichrist, you know, might, when he might be stepping on scene. They think they know all this stuff. The truth is God has hidden a lot within the scripture so that we don't even know. None of us know. And he's done it on purpose. So he's offering us overcomers will have hidden manna something to sustain us. We'll have a new white stone where our name will be etched in it. We can never be erased. You know, it can't be wiped off, you know, um, and it'll be a new name that nobody knows, you know, and it's exciting. So he's offering us, um, you know, we, we've talked about it before, Jesse and I were a situation where we know we have the mark of God. We, when the enemy sees us, he sees that mark of God on us. But there's going to be something that he can never even, it's not a temporary marker, you know, it is going to be etched in the white stone of purity. So anyway, I just wanted to share that. And I love what you just shared, Jesse. It was amazing. Yeah, that was deep. That was so yeah. good. So I'll just give you my two cents on this. Um, again, we're talking about things that are. Mm -hmm. So that means this is current day, although it was written for them. And First of all, I think when it says, um, I know where you dwell, where Satan's throne is. So, but he's talking to a church. Mm -hmm. So to me, this talks about the infiltration of Satan's people into the church who want to throw stumbling blocks against us. Mm -hmm. Um it also talks about, obviously, the uh, sexual immortality and the sacrifices. Now, these things were happening thousands of years ago. But remember, we're also reading a book about things that are. It has not gone away. Now, why do, and I'm not condemning church. I'm pro-church. Believe me, I am pro-church. Um, you know, I'm pro-church, but the church has allowed this stuff to happen. The church has, I have not been in a church that has done a comprehensive study of this book, and I've been going to church for years. Why? And I'm not saying they're evil. They're not evil. But they don't address the things that we know as a reality, and this audience knows that are a reality. It is a stain on this world. Listen, even if you don't go into the orgies and the sex magic and the sacrifice, just look at abortion. How come the church, yeah, well, I know the law got passed. Okay, we'll let right. it keep going. Look, mm -hmm. that's child sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Make no mistake about it. 
And what happens, no one even thinks of what happens to the fetus afterwards. God sees it. Yeah. It's horrific. If you knew, well, you know, if someone, if, 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 if I, I'd say nine out of 10 mothers, and that's obviously a fictional number, but if they knew what happened afterwards, they would not do it. Right. They've just been fooled by the word world. But we have to come against this stuff and the church has to lighten up. So, you know, we're building an army here. Um, what happens? I don't know, but we're building an army and we're going to come against this. We're going to come against all this stuff and we're going to come against it strongly. As Jesse said, the two edged sword, which is, you know, if we have the authority of Christ, we're as sons and daughters, we're priests and Kings, and we speak the word of God, we can defeat this. This is mightiest of, of angels who are fallen angels or demons have supernatural powers. They're big. But yet the word of God, when accurate, not perverted, because the enemy will try to use the word of God and pervert things and trip you up. So we really have to know the word of God, but we can overcome all of this stuff under his authority. Mm -hmm. Amen. So again, I'm pro-church. Um, Jody, would you like to read Thyatira? Let's get through the, uh, the this chapter two. I don't think we'll get chapter three today. Okay, Thyatira. Again, King James Version. I'll try to clean it. Uh, no, no, I'll read it as is. Okay. So, listen, we, we, we understand by the Holy Spirit. Right. right not right. by our flesh and mind. Mm -hmm. And unto the church... Uh, unto the angel of the church of Thyatira, write, These things saith the Son of God, who hath his eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet like unto fine brass. I know thy works, and charity, and service, and faith, and thy patience, and thy works, and the last to be more than the first. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, because thou sufferest wo the woman Jezebel, which calleth herself prophetess, to teach and to seduce my servants, to commit fornication, and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. I, and I give her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. Behold, I will cast her into a bed, and them that commit adultery with her into the great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds. And I will kill her children with death. And all the churches shall know that I am he which searcheth the reins of the heart. And I will give unto every one of you according to your works. But unto you I say, and unto the rest in Tyrathea, as many as I have not this doctrine, and which have not known the depths of Satan as they speak, I will put upon you none other burden but that which ye have already hold fast till I come. And he that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And as the vessel of a potter shall they be broken to shivers, even as I receive of my father. And I will give him the morning star. 
and that hath he that hath here, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Oh, there's so much in this one. Yeah, yeah, a lot. <laughs> Maybe we should stop and start back up here. <laughs> yeah. This is well, you know go. what? I guess just as an overall, I, I would say there's a couple things that stick out to me in this. First of all, it's very similar to the last one. Mm-hmm. It's it's the you know the Satanists have you know infiltrated the church. Mm-hmm. Um, you know uh, they're doing all these nasty things and trying to get other people into nasty things, or if they can't get you into nasty things, keeping you from the good things and throwing stumbling blocks before you. And but yet he's calling. It's almost like he's. He's almost talking, the last one I wanted to say, and I can almost see it in this one, Jesse, that it's almost like a calling out saying, listen, don't serve the devil. You can come out of this. I will forgive you. Come out. And, you know, that's kind of all about your ministry. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, you go back and, you know, that the Lord has held Israel accountable for when King Ahab um, married Jezebel, you know, they were to be set apart from the nation, set apart from the wickedness, from those who, um, you know, were involved in these wicked practices. And that's why God had called them out of Canaan. And yet, you know, not only did the Israelites throughout the generations continue to marry back in to those women from these Canaanite um, lands, But King Ahab, you know, took Jezebel, who, you know, was the daughter of the king of Babylon. And, you know, she, she just took it to a whole new level. You know, it wasn't just that she practiced it with her own family, you know, and submitted to her husband, you know, wasn't like that at all. Um, You know, her wickedness was in you know, blatantly flaunting that wickedness as something good and literally alluring the nations and others to partake in that wickedness with her. Mm-hmm. And um, Ahab allowed that, you know, not only did he allow it, he, he participated in it himself. And, um, you know, so there was, there was no repentance. The Lord gave her time to repent. Um, The Lord addressed the issue of her uh, wickedness. You know, I mean, think about that. One of her greatest sins was the sexual immorality. So if we put that in its proper place, here she was, the queen, uh, married to the king of Israel, and she's actively and openly engaging in sexual immorality. Um, wasn't even trying to hide it. Um, And, you know, I believe because of the extent of her wickedness that, you know, beyond with other humans and things that there was the demonic component in there as well, um, that that's really what she brought in was, you know, the full-fledged wickedness of Canaan. you know, and so, you know, what does the Lord say that, you know, it says, behold, I will throw her on a bed of sickness and those who commit adultery there, the Lord addresses it. You know, it wasn't just her own 
sin, she literally was committing adultery. Those who commit adultery with her into the great tribulation, unless they repent of her deeds. So, you know, these are her deeds. We're being just like Jezebel if we participate in these things. Um, and there was no love. She, she mocked God to his face. Um, you know, that was something, I'll just share this because I really feel like it's relevant. But when I was, you know, the Lord brought me through this time where I was confessing the sins of the mothers of darkness and the Lord brought up this matter of Jezebel. And, and that was one of the things that I confessed, you know, was that, um, you know, this heart of darkness that comes through the women. And we're meant to display to the world what it is to be the bride of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, he wants to adorn us with, with beauty, with goodness, with kindness, with generosity, and, you know, we're to display that to the world that how much the Lord loves us and delights in us and takes pleasure in us and, um, you know, makes us this beautiful thing for everybody to look on. And in contrast of that, you know, you've got Jezebel who, you know, it's this false beauty that only is, is, um, portrayed through the depths of wickedness and, you know, that anti-relationship with God, you know, where just like Israel, you know, she's in bed with all the nations yet won't come for a single intimate moment with, with God who, you know, is meant to be um, in the analogy, you know, our husband, the one caring for us. And, um, you know, it's that adulterous attitude, um, but it's really powerful imagery. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to add to that Jezebel always within the church today, because that's um, always goes to the leadership. So it's a perversion of truth and abiding in Christ in the, within the leadership. The other thing Jezebel hated was the prophets, because the Bible talks about without a vision is people perish. So she hated the prophetic voice. Even Elijah hid himself under a juniper tree, like, oh my gosh, I got to deal with this woman. I mean, dealing with a woman scorned is not a fun thing, <laughs> you know? So, so, you know, at some point we have to understand that as leaders uh, that, that are held, you know, accountable to whom much is given, much is required. You know, we are, we are to recognize this spirit and put her under. Now, in the, in the fleshly world, it was the fornication. It's everything Jesse was just saying, which I love how she puts everything. Um, it was eating, you know, a food that was a sacrifice to idols. It's learning not to for, uh, partake in the things of the flesh, the things that satisfy our desires, our desire, our hunger, our sexual desire our emotional need, our mental need, but to stay focused on the Lord and to have discernment. Again, that word keeps coming to me because Jezebel goes to the leadership. And I and it makes me so angry when you see someone who looks like they're right on and all everybody buys into this leader. And then all of a sudden you start catching little things that they're saying that are off. And it's like, Father, in Jesus name, wake the church up, remove the scales, let them see that that's not true. 
And that's how the enemy gets in. He's ever so slyly, still that slithering snake, and climbs up the leg of the woman Jezebel and hisses enough truth with a little bit of lie. So we buy into it. But they hate the prophetic. They hate the prophet. They hate the one that goes and foretells, which is the whole book of Revelation, yeah. the foretelling. You know, so um, so this is an important thing that Jesse's sharing about Jezebel. And, and uh, we have to remain pure and fight the urge of the flesh and keep our mind and anything that rises up against it uh, on the knowledge of God. Keep that down. And then uh, really use discernment from the spirit of God, from the light of God within you to see the truth, allow it to shine on, all, illuminate that dark place and shine the truth there. You know? And I guess the, you guys covered it really comprehensively in my opinion. Uh, just a couple of things that stand out is that he gave her time to repent. So even those mm -hmm. who have done the worst things he wants to repent. Um, and I think I actually misspoke. I, I realized this when I read the, this in, uh, in verse 22, uh, bring her into the great tribulation. We will not go into the great tribulation. We will go through tribulation. The great tribulation, when we get to that in the book of Revelation here, oh my goodness, you're going to see the power of God. <laughs> and it's nasty if you're not if you're against him pray for those people listen if you don't love your neighbor right now you're going to when you hear about god's judgments and what he does and it's the wrath of god so you know what and i i, I realized jesse and uh, and jody uh that i said we would stop at the end of the second one and then we started the third one so I guess I got overzealous because I'm having fun. <laughs> so if with your permission, just if we can kind of keep going through at this pace, because I think there's some repetition and we're going to dig into the other chapters more succinctly and more deeply, but I think we could finish this one off in about 15, 20 minutes. Are you both okay with that or? Yeah, I'm good with that. Yeah. Well, I don't think we can finish off chapter, are you saying chapter three? Yeah. I don't think we can finish that off in 15 minutes. Yeah, that's kind of big, especially when we get to Laodicea. Yeah, I think it's going to take a little longer. All right. And, and we really haven't gotten all the way into uh, this here because he talks about the morning star. Mm -hmm. um, Jesus is called the morning star. Lucifer was once called the morning star. Could, could it be that uh, there was some jealousy there in heaven that caused Lucifer to... Uh, to go against the truth of jesus christ and there's so much more we could dig into that well let's just finish yeah. this one then and uh and then we'll start off with message to sardis next sunday all right <laughs> yeah I, you know i agree with you jody um there's several different interpretations on that last part of this chapter with the morning star um my personal opinion is that because he's talking about um, that he will give the authority of the nations, um, who temporarily has that authority over the nations, you know, the Lord's given that dominion to Satan temporarily. Um, so, you know, I believe that when he says, I will give to him the morning star, that, you know, as the beginning parts are kind of, you know, 
talking about kind of this war, you know, you've got Jezebel, you've got her, you know, that she liked to go against the prophets. She was leading all the nations astray with this alluring, um, you know, lust. And, you know, that's exactly what Satan has done with the nations. So I think that that verse is very much so, you know, kind of a conquering that, you know, those who endure and, and keep to the Lord's deeds until the end, to them, he will give the authority over those nations and they will rule them. And, you know, he will give them the morning star as in, you know, they shall overcome Satan. They shall overcome the wickedness in the nations and um, become the true church of the Lord. I love that. Um, the, and the way I see it is that man gave the authority and dominion over the nations to Lucifer, that God gave it to man, man mm -hmm. gave it to Satan on the fall. And now Jesus is going to take that back. He took back the keys of hell and death. And now he's going to take it back, give it back to man, you know, and, um, and that's, that's, that's my it. opinion. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, I love it that when we have, cause we have fun talking about the way we see things differently. Right. Sometimes. And I respect hers because of where she grew up. And you know, I also respect the, you know, what the Lord shows me. Um, and then I, for some reason, I, and this is again, my opinion of the scripture, uh, the morning star, you know, when, if you go into Jeremiah, I think it's Jeremiah and Ezekiel, Lucifer was high up, man. He was beautiful. He had everything going for him and he had a position that, that showed his glory, that showed how God made him with jewels and, you know, and sound came through him and, uh, you know. And he was the head of the trade throughout the nations that were there before us, you know, before man was created. So and you can read that actually within the scripture and Ezekiel and Jeremiah and some other places, I think Isaiah. But anyway, so when when you go to Revelations 12, again, this is my, you know, uh, and you start reading about in Revelations 12, Revelation 12, how um, the woman was going to bear forth a child. And it set the dragon into a tizzy because he knew this child was going to be above him. So, and that child is also our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ talks about she travailed in birth. So it was after the fall. So now we have that crazy dichotomy of before and after coming in as one. <laughs> um, so, you know, and it seemed to me, and then Jesus is called the morning star. So now his position is the highest that you have there. So, and this again is how I see it, you know. So when the Lord's talking about, and first Peter, he talks about uh, that the morning star rises in your heart, that's Christ. So we know that it's Jesus, you know. So now you have this war and it says, and the dragon was really ticked and he took a third of the angels and he, you know, he cast them down and he wasn't even gentle with how he handled them. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and he was angry. And then God created man and now here's this man that has creative ability you know a god ability that with the lord in us he gave us the ability to procreate he gave us the ability to speak life he gave us dominion he said name everything because when you name it you own it right i name my children i name my car <laughs> people name their boats you know so i mean so it's it is a position of honor that god put us in and Jesus already knew what was going to happen when when he was there. Every, this whole plan of salvation and the Lord knew when he put us in the garden what was going to happen. 
So, so it, but now it's time for us to recognize who we really are in God, in Christ, through Christ's sacrifice, in God's ability and dominion that he's given over us. So, so here I see where he's saying, now we're going to shatter all those that were born of the enemy. And it's, and all those who laid with Jezebel and fell for this nonsense. And those of you who overcome, you know, those of you, you will be given the back, the keys, you know, uh, an authority over the nations, which we, what, which we had initially been given all of this dominion. And it, it just excites me. It's why I get excited about the thing with anointing everywhere we go, mm-hmm. you know? So, but um, yes, yeah, so that, that's my opinion um, on that part. So there's just on the end part there as well, uh, what I see out of this and, and, you know, the scripture is so deep. We, you, you can take each verse and, and go a week on it. Really oh my goodness, yeah. want to like, that's <laughs> literally, that's the way we should read the Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I want to read uh, verse 26 again, the one who overcomes and the one who keeps my deeds until the end. I will give him authority over the nations and he shall rule them with a rod of iron as the vessels of the potter are shattered as I also received authority from my father. So I really think this speaks to uh, the person of Christ and who we are to be in Christ. And I really get a picture of the new heaven, the thousand year reign when I hear this. And and when when I think of God and he says he rules with a rod of iron. So remember, you know, before the New Testament and we live in this, I guess a lot of people say this dispensation of grace and right. whatever you want to say, but God really did rule with a rod of iron. Like his laws were his laws. Mm-hmm. And And when we get to the thousand years where God is reigning, he is going to rule with a rod of iron. It's listen, we're still going to have some free choice. You know, we're not going to have sin in our lives, thankfully, but we're still going to have choices. We're still going to serve under him. He still created us to be part. So, so those he puts in authority will rule with a rod of iron and will be responsible to him who will rule with a rod of iron over us. There is, you know, places, this is, it's, it's like an army, you know, uh, the, the infantry reports to the sergeant, the sergeant reports to the colonel, you know, uh, it's literally going to be like that. And there, it's, there's a class structure, you know, I don't know what other words to say, but you know, I, when I look at, you know, the way I've studied heaven, there's, there's a structure. You know, as I said, one guy's going to be in charge of an apartment building. Another guy is in charge of 10 cities, <laughs> right? right? You know, there's going to be people sitting at the table. There's going to be people waiting the table. That's right. So, you know, God, again, uh, Jesus is not uh, the weeping Jesus you saw on the cross. That was him at a moment in the flesh. That is not the Jesus Christ that we serve. Mm-hmm. That is not him at mm-hmm. all. And, you know, the, the line of Judah has been coming up quite a bit in Jesse's uh, 
uh, conversations with me and her visions or dreams. Same with Jody. You know, the Lord is really speaking, you know, power. Use his power. Walk in his light. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's been on my heart for years. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, it's time. It's time for you to step up. It's time for me to step up. It's time to go and do things. We have to participate. When we say make a difference in your community, that's where you start. Mm -hmm. Start in your community. Don't just sit there and watch the news and complain and mm -hmm. send social messages. Oh, I don't like the president. Okay. What are you doing about it? Mm -hmm. Are you going to your state legislator and saying, look, I don't think uh, things happened, you know, a few months ago were fair. I want, I want to do a recount. Are you doing that? Are you writing letters? Amen. You got to start doing that. You want to be given authority? Take authority now. Right. Mm. Amen. Amen. And Amen. because I'm the man, I took authority over these two ladies today. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to prove it when we get to the other churches. <laughs> that was cute. I love your reaction, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> we can have it in fun. Actually, I want to look at chat after that foolish comment. <laughs> but, you know, we're going to have to talk about the body of Christ, Jeff. You know, I mean, you don't want to find out that you're a toe and we're fingers above you. You know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, who was it that gave me the new moniker, the uh, Shepherd of the She People? <laughs> the Shepherd of the She People. <laughs> Too funny. There are more men joining the army now. There's yes, an we need more men. Word out there. <laughs> and listen, we love. Listen, women are, you know, in, in many ways, especially administratively and things like that. In my opinion, are way more gifted than men. So being surrounded with, you know, really high quality women has got to be the greatest blessing in the world. Mm -hmm. uh, it really is. But we also need men in here to fight. Uh, you know. Amen. And uh, thankfully, you know, at first, I think our ratio was like 80 to 20. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's oh, probably gosh. 70 to 30 now, you know, percentage. So it's going in a good direction. Good. So <laughs> Need men. <laughs> who would like to close this out in prayer? Or should we look at chat first? Uh, we just had one funny comment. Mad Dog uh, put in there, you know, what is the Y chromosome? It's an X with a big, big chunk lobbed off. <laughs> that, that was great. <laughs> oh, that is clever. But yes, we can close in prayer. All right. Jesse, would you do us the honor? Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this day. Thank you for the time and your word and the great discussion. Thank you that you can bring us all together to just um, bring forward, Lord, the things that you've shown us through the years or as we're reading and uh, praying through your word, Lord, the things that you've revealed to each of our hearts. And we pray that you would just continue to minister your word to your people today, to all those who have been hearing that as they sit down and read through the book of Revelations on their own with you, that you would continue to speak to their hearts and um, show them the things that you desire us as the church to uh, really come together on and the things that we can go forward with, Lord. We thank you and just praise you and um, thank you that your mercies today are ever new. In your name we pray, Jesus, amen.
Amen. Jody, Jesse, what an absolute honor to be serving with you again today. Uh, we really do love you, the audience. I speak on behalf of Jesse and Jody. We really do love you, and together we are much stronger. It's in our togetherness and our mutual love and light that uh, that more people will want to come to the kingdom. No one wants to come to the kingdom when they see a miserable person who's always by themselves. You know, so it's our togetherness, it's our love, uh, it's our it's our shared faith in Christ that brings everything together. So. You know, if you're not involved, get involved. I know there's a backlog in getting people into the army. Uh, we just put in a, a tool actually uh, this week that is going to significantly speed things up. So if you want to join the army, it's probably a couple weeks backlog now, but uh, you can hit the link below. Get involved. And by the way, if you just want to be on the mailing list, just say non, not active duty. Um, when it asks for pictures and stuff like that, those are optional. Uh, things is better if you especially if you want to go to the ministry side uh, we really got to get to know you so there is a bit of a vetting process that uh, that is done thank you to the moderators you do a great job haven't really watched the chat much today but uh, but we really thank you for serving with us and thank you to the audience for being here have a blessed day uh, have a great week we're gonna have a really good show on Tuesday. Uh, we've got a couple different ways we're going to go. I'm not sure which way it's going to go, but it'll be good anyways. Um, so come and join us then. We'll continue this study on Sunday. We'll do another show on Thursday, of course. And just as a final reminder, no sales, uh, but the coupon literally ends on April 30th. That is the date if you want to join the, the Right on You, Creating Wealth Through Stewardship. Coupon expires after that. It goes back to that price and, and that is it. So remember, love your God, love your neighbor, love your family, and make a difference in your community. Right on, right on, right on. Right on radio. Right on radio. Oh.